Today we have a special guest speaker, Sophie Callahan, who's been with us before. Sophie and her husband, Jared, uh, have a one-year-old child, and they are the pastors of a new church plant in the East Bay that includes young adults, creativity, agriculture, spiritual formation, and a thing called Supper Church. Uh, Sophie earned her graduate degree from Emory University in Atlanta, and she earned her undergraduate degree from Point Loma in San Diego. But you might also be able to detect a little bit of a Minnesotan accent as she grew up there as well. Um, Sophie is an advocate for racial justice and is a great resource for anyone wanting to learn more about the topic. I really appreciate having Sophie share because I'm always, I always leave reminded of how great of a speaker she is, but also how appreciative I am of how authentic and powerful her words are. So join me in welcoming Sophie to speak to us. Good morning, New Life Church. It is so good to be with you this morning. Just like the rest of the world, uh, we have been engaging in conversations around race and justice and wrestling with what is ours to do in this moment. And so I just want to open with a story, uh, tell you about a conversation I had this week that has really been sitting with me. So I was sitting with one of the residents who lives here in the community and she was saying, you know, I'm watching people tear down these statues that represent a racist history. And I'm seeing people call for defunding the police or dismantling the system as we know it and replacing it with a system of more community support. And she said, you know, I grew up in New York and I just knew Columbus Square as Columbus Square. Of course, there's a statue of Christopher Columbus there, but I didn't give it a lot of thought as to what kind of harm that statue represented, especially to indigenous people and people of color. And she said, I'm watching people call for tearing down some of these systems that we've had. And she said this question that's really been sitting with me all week. What am I resistant to tearing down in myself? But that if I did tear it down, it could be replaced with something so much better. And so that's the question that I've been sitting with and wrestling with all week. What am I resistant to tearing down in myself? And to me, this is really a question of holiness, a question about being transformed into people who look like Jesus, who need to have some things in our lives torn down and transformed and replaced by something better. And so today, I just want to name a difficult part of what it means to be a holiness people, what it means to be people who are following Jesus and desire to have our whole selves transformed by God. You see, your church has been talking about the transition, and that's been a theme you've utilized for a few weeks to talk about transformation. And so today I want to name a difficult transition, the transition from comfort to discomfort. I really believe that we as followers of Jesus have to make this transition. We have to give up our comfort and we have to become uncomfortable in order to experience any growth or transformation and participate in the kingdom of God that Jesus is calling us to. This really is the only path toward holiness, towards transformation, is comfort to discomfort. And especially because racism isn't just a problem out there in the world with those other people. It's not so easy to just pinpoint it on the extremists in our world because we've all been raised in some culture, whether it's here in the United States and in Silicon Valley, or maybe you've come from somewhere else and now find yourself here in Cupertino. We've all been raised in systems and cultures that have hierarchies of power. 
And so we've been formed by the culture that we are a part of. We've all been formed with some ideas and some practices that are simply untrue or unhelpful. And so there's a lot of work we need to do as a church towards dismantling racism. But there's a lot of work we need to do within ourselves to dismantle racism. And so as God's been working on my heart with that question, what is there inside of me that needs to be torn down? I turn my heart towards preparing this sermon and I really don't want to simply uh, look to the scriptures to find something to back up what I'm thinking about. I don't think that's how preaching works. And so I turn to the lectionary, which is a guide of scriptures that churches around the world use week by week. And it gives us scriptures to guide us as we seek God's word and God's transforming work in our lives. And so as I opened the scriptures, uh, opened the lectionary to see what was assigned for this Sunday, I read the gospel passage and was really challenged. I really felt like the spirit was saying as I read that passage, yes, this is the word of God for you, for Cupertino, for our church, for this Sunday, because honestly, I read this passage and it made me so uncomfortable. It's not an easy passage. It's not easy words from Jesus, which really none of them should be, but it's a challenging passage. And so I'm going to try and unpack that today and sit with that transition from comfort to discomfort as we engage the scripture this morning. See this passage, which is Matthew chapter 10, verses 24 through 39, and I'll read the whole thing in a minute. This passage, it contains some of the verses that we're very familiar with. Whether you grew up in church or you've just been around for a little while, these are some of the phrases that we hear just tossed into conversation. And so when we read them, it helps us to put it into context and, and see what Jesus is trying to teach us. Before um, the verses that we're going to read today, Jesus has called the 12 apostles, called the disciples, and is sending them out on mission. He's sending them out to proclaim the good news that the kingdom of God is near. But faithful proclamation of the good news inevitably brings challenges. And Jesus is warning them in this passage about the resistance that they will face. Because faithful proclamation of the gospel will always bring us into conflict with the powers of this world. So will you listen attentively as I read this scripture for us today? I'll read it slowly and I encourage you to sit with it and invite the spirit into this moment of listening and reflecting. And afterwards, we'll have a time for you to sit with the passage and think about what is the spirit sharing with me today? Here's our scripture from Matthew 10, verses 24 through 39. A disciple is not above the teacher, nor a slave above the master. It is enough for the disciple to be like the teacher and the slave like the master. If they have called the master of the house Beelzebul, how much more will they malign those of his household? So have no fear of them, for nothing is covered up that will not be uncovered, and nothing secret that will not become known. What I say to you in the dark, tell it in the light. What you hear whispered, proclaim from the housetops. Do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. And even the hairs of your head are all counted. 
So do not be afraid. You are of more value than many sparrows. Everyone, therefore, who acknowledges me before others, I also will acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But whoever denies me before others, I will also deny before my Father in heaven. Do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father and a daughter against her mother and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And one's foes will be members of one's own household. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Those who find their life will lose it. And those who lose their life for my sake will find it. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So in this first break, I encourage you to sit with that scripture and ask yourself, what did you hear? What stuck out to you? And what makes you uncomfortable? So what is it that makes you uncomfortable? I'll tell you what makes me uncomfortable. Jesus saying that he comes not to bring peace, but to bring a sword, to bring division. Because to be honest, I'm much more comfortable with Jesus as peacemaker. And I do think that the holistic gospel message is towards peace building and justice and God's love in the world. But that's not the same as a false peace, the kind of peace that relies on ignorance or a lack of conflict. No, what Jesus is talking about is that there is going to be conflict when you proclaim the gospel message. Because God's justice, God's love, it comes in conflict with what the world does and expects for their own benefit and well-being and powers. And so this is uncomfortable. This is difficult work, proclaiming the gospel of good news. And following Jesus should make us uncomfortable because proclaiming that message will bring us in conflict with powers of this world. And when Jesus says that families will be divided among families, that is deeply unsettling. That within our own communities, our churches, our families, that we will experience division over the gospel. That's just hard news. And I'm sure that some of you are experiencing that have experienced it in the past or are experiencing it in this moment with so much tension around politics and race and how we engage in this world. Jesus simply stirs things up. Jesus, I'm sorry if this is new for you, but Jesus did not come to make us happy and nice people. That's not the point of the gospel. Jesus came to bring transformation and transformation is hard. Transformation requires change and growth and moving through discomfort. And so when this moves from the theoretical to the personal, when it means that your family is the one sitting down to navigate racial tension, that's when it gets really hard. I know a family this week that is sitting down for a family meeting because there are um, there's a law enforcement officer in the family and in the family there are people of color. And they are experiencing this cultural moment in very different ways. They have very different expectations of what should be done. They have very different perspectives and their own experiences. And as a family, they have to sit down to navigate that. 
not simply to come at a piece that ignores it all, but to move through the discomfort so that they can be transformed into followers of Jesus who are seeking justice and love in the world. Now, we might not end up agreeing with our family members or with our uh, coworkers or our friends, and sometimes that's just going to be the way it is, and that is an uncomfortable place to be. I'd like to read a reflection that comes from a pastor and a poet named Rose J. Percy. I received her permission to share this with you today, and for me, they really capture the essence of this passage and this time in our history. And I think it's important, uh, especially because I am a white person, to give space for the words from a black woman this morning. She largely references the story of Moses and Pharaoh, but you'll see how it comes back around to our passage from Matthew. Moses and Pharaoh grew up brothers in Egypt until God called Moses to stand with the people of God, the people who were oppressed by Pharaoh. And so here is her poem. When Pharaoh is your brother and he says, Moses, I don't even see you as Jewish. And you tried to convince him nicely to see whose side God is on, to see the suffering in the people, your people. You want him to see that you look just like them, the ones who are being killed by the overseers. I want to believe Pharaoh loved Moses. They were brothers. And yet, they still ended up on different sides of an issue, one with his heart hardened against God's people and the other fighting on behalf of them. Today, my prayer is for you if Pharaoh is your brother, your friend, someone who you have known forever, someone who doesn't see your color, someone who was raised with you, someone who doesn't understand why you are walking away from privilege, growing a beard and talking to burning bushes, someone you love, even as you know watching the empire fall will crush them, someone who you hope will see the light through conversation rather than demonstration, he or she might never understand how loud the sound of God's voice is ushering you towards a different way. But I pray for that loss. Some of you are learning in these times what Jesus meant when he did not come to bring peace, but a sword, one that would divide, one that would divide families. When you make a choice to stand with God, the God who sides with the poor and the oppressed, you will upset Pharaoh even if he's your brother. Proclaiming the good news will bring us into conflict with the powers of this world. And sometimes those powers are within our own families, within our own workplaces, our own churches, our own communities. And yet following Jesus means we must make that transition from comfort to discomfort. So let's spend some time with the last two verses in this passage, verses 38 and 39. Whoever does not take up the cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Those who find their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake will find it. Now these have always been uh, common words, a language that we hear in the church quite regularly, but they've also always felt really vague to me. What does it mean to lose one's life? 
but in this season where many people are starting to see that racial injustice is still just as prevalent now as in other eras of our history, I think we can start to think about real tangible ways of losing our life for the sake of Jesus, for the sake of others, because Jesus is the one who stands with the oppressed. And so as I think about losing our life, losing my life for the sake of Jesus, that's always going to be a risk. Losing our life happens when we give up our privilege, when we give so much money that our wallet actually feels it, when we proclaim that black lives matter, when we show up at a protest, when we correct racist language, when we ask for more inclusive curriculum, when we speak up in church, when we question our employers. These are all ways of losing our life for the sake of Jesus. And so I'm gonna to return to the question from the very beginning of this sermon, from that conversation I had here with a resident at Heirloom. What do I need to tear down in my own life? What have I been resisting tearing down? But if I tear it down, it will actually pave the way for something so much better. For me, this is the same question as, how do I lose my life for the sake of Jesus? Because Jesus promises that in losing our life for him, we will actually find it. Jesus promises life abundant, but Jesus never promises comfort. Not at all. And I have to be honest, I feel like I'm setting myself up with this sermon because I really don't like to be uncomfortable. I do not like conflict. I'm a people pleaser. And that's a challenge for me. I don't like pain. I don't like discomfort. And yet I just can't get over the fact that following Jesus cannot be comfortable. That following Jesus requires us to move through comfort to discomfort. And sometimes that will happen to me, but there's other times where I need to choose it. I have to actively become uncomfortable for the sake of Jesus. And so if faithful following of Jesus means there will be some division and some conflict, well, here we go. We've got to settle in. This is the journey that Jesus is calling us to. This is the, the journey that Jesus is calling me to. I am not exempt from this. Because if we as a church are going to be actively anti-racist, then we need to pursue God's justice instead of simply wishing that the world would change. Instead of looking at the news and thinking those other people have to be different. Those other people need to do something. No, it's in us, it starts with us. We have to be part of the change. And this is work for all of us. I know that I am speaking as a white woman and there is a significant amount of work that I need to do because of the privilege and the position that I have in this world. That is my work to do. And so I can't presume to tell you what the work is that you need to do. I know that there's diversity in the people who are part of this church at New Life Cupertino. I know that you all have your own story. And so I won't prescribe for you what is the work to do, but I will say that this is the work for all of us who do claim to be followers of Jesus. It means to become anti-racist, to stand with Jesus as Jesus stands with the oppressed, 
And that is going to require us moving from comfort to discomfort. So again, what do I need to tear down in myself so that I can become a faithful follower of Jesus? Here are a few examples of moving from comfort to discomfort, from saving our life to losing our life. We move from, I just don't know what to say, to I will spend time learning and listening so that I can speak up. It looks like moving from, I'm just really afraid of getting it wrong, to I will risk making mistakes and I will accept the feedback so that I can be better. It looks like moving from, but I've always thought about it this way, to thank you for sharing your perspective. It looks like moving from, well, this doesn't really concern me, to this matters to God and to my brothers and sisters around the world. And therefore, I will engage. This is really hard work, but this is also the good news that God is a God who stands with the oppressed, that God is a God of justice and love. And God is inviting us to proclaim the good news that the kingdom of God is near. Proclaiming it will bring conflict. It will bring discomfort, but it will also bring the kingdom. And so our final questions for reflection today. Where do I need to lose my life for the sake of Jesus? And where do I need to move from comfort to discomfort as I become anti-racist as a follower of Jesus.